0: You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by Metashare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging,
1: and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans
0: everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Luke is here. Henry is here. We have a new intern, Landon, who's in studio with me today in Charlotte. We are fired up for topics today that include the NBA playoffs. Do we like the physical play? Do we like the flagrant fouls? How do we feel about Dallas getting back into this series? We got to hear from Luke, the Mavs fan, the Warriors, Grizzlies. It's been an awesome series, but now with John Morant out, what does that mean for the Grizzlies? We also have to discuss a little NFL today. The NFL schedule gets released later this week, but we already heard about the first Monday Night Football doubleheader, and uh, so we'll have some fun discussing that. We've got a loaded tap drill segment today, and it includes a topic about square dancing, the MVP, and some other fun. And then we also have a great MediShare moment of the week that we'll get to in just a little bit. Today on the show, we will also do Unpack This as we always do, where we take a, a sports story related to the Bible, relate it to our own lives. And today's topic for the first time ever is about horse racing. I don't think we've ever talked horse racing. I don't think we've really you know, fully unpacked it here on a, on a live show, but we're doing it today. And we, we got a great topic uh, surrounding that big Kentucky Derby win on Saturday, which I happened to catch. It was exciting. Very, very cool. Well, before we say hello to Luke, and before we talk uh, Mother's Day, uh, I got to tell you what I, what I did for my wife on, on Mother's Day, the, the mother of my two sweet daughters. Uh, we'll do that in a moment. But let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MetaShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare offers programs for every budget, so if you're an individual, parent, small business owner, ministry leader, self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. And my family, we're MediShare members and so thankful for uh, how it saves us money and just great to uh, to have them. As uh, as our, our healthcare option. So we're, we're very thankful for sure. metashare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Luke. Yesterday was Mother's Day. How did it go for you? Did you celebrate your mom? How was the weekend? The
2: weekend was good. I was with uh, Madeline's family. So we Ooh, went okay. to P- uh, Pittsburgh, Texas. Not Pittsburgh, oh, wow. PA. Pittsburgh, Texas. And yeah, we uh, did some kayaking. Some paddle boarding at a, a lake there, and hung what out. What do you with prefer?
0: Them. What do you prefer?
2: Paddle paddleboarding or kayaking? So I will say, part of me wants to try to promote myself as some athlete here and say paddleboarding, but it's <laughs> not even close. Kayaking is so much better. Yeah, paddleboarding you have to stand, you have to balance. You're working out basically. Kayaking, you just sit down and enjoy it. Beautiful. I am just so, so I'm so much team sitting down in general. Like when I'm gone from my house for too long, I'm daydreaming of my couch. Like I just yeah. want to be on my couch. So like I'm wearing this hat right here. I'm going to be volunteering at the Colonial in Fort Worth, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Ooh. And I'm already concerned. I'm going to be there. It's a 10-hour it's a shift. That's 10 hours away from my couch, not being able to sit down, get horizontal. So yeah, kayaking, it's a no-brainer for me.
0: Yeah, I like kayaking as well. Uh, Like the the still water, what do they call it? There's another name for it, not still water, but whatever the calm, the calm kayaking. Now you start talking about going down rivers. That's another level I'm not on yet. That's for sure. <laughs> um, But I've done the paddle boarding a couple of times, but one time in particular in Tennessee, outside Nashville, I, th- I think it's called the Cumberland River. And we accidentally rode like, in the stream down the Cumberland river. Well, then we had to go back up stream after we had already paddled as much as we did. It was insane. So that was my, my bad experience and not to mention the Cumberland river, not real clean. And so we're paddling (laughs) some nasty water and trying to make it back. It was, uh, yes, it was, it was tricky. So So that's cool. You got to do a little bit of both.
2: Yeah, I will say, uh, very thankful for the moms out there. Mother-in-law, great lady. Shout out to Kristen. My mom, uh, she is amazing, loyal listener of the podcast. So ah. I'm Garrett, of 100% certainty she will hear this. But called her yesterday, just told her, I think I, I was just thinking about how great is it to be raised by a woman who pr- like proclaimed to me God's word and mm. a woman who loves God. Like that is, I was just just be, um, being filled with gratitude yesterday for. I feel like it's easy to take that for granted. But we're just feeling very thankful for a mother that did that. So Amen. made sure to tell her that. And uh that's the biggest thing she could ever do to me is do for me is is preach to me the truth of scripture. So I was feeling right. thankful for that. Uh also shout out to the Mavs. Ooh, wrong side. There we go. The Mavs uh had to throw on the polo today, which we'll that's get a into sharp later. Polo. Absolutely. But before we move ahead, I've got to hear about your mother's day. I'm I'm just fascinated. You've got your mom. Yep. But then you've got a wife who's a mother. And I'm 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 curious on what your tasks are day of on Mother's Day.
0: All right, so let me let me say this first. <clears throat> I have a tremendous mom. I love my mom so much. She started unpacking it with me, still works with unpacking it 9 years later and and so she is she's worn so many different hats. Uh, with the ministry uh, behind the scenes, you, get, you guys get to see me on the podcast. She's doing a lot of things behind the scenes uh, to keep this ministry uh, going as as long as it as it has, and we're very thankful for that. And not to mention all my mom has done just to keep me going uh, as her firstborn son, and and so she's been uh, just so supportive and an encourager to me all all these years. And and so got to go over to to my parents' house yesterday. We celebrated a little bit, and and so my mom made dessert, which was nice. So. <laughs> We celebrate her, but we, nobody wants me making dessert, so she makes <laughs> dessert. But we still celebrate her, right? And That's I right. brought my girls over to give Jody a break. Uh, and then my poor mom, she's the one hanging out with the girls on Mother's Day. I was like, Mom, why don't you just relax? But thankfully, you know, now that the kids are out of the house, she gets to relax. You know, in general. So, so I was <laughs> able to to hang out with with my two daughters over there. But but I say the nice things. I'll talk about Jody in a moment. But the other part of this day, so, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, you celebrate your mom. Well, then, you know, you get married and and you start having kids. Well, now all of a sudden, your wife, it's Mother's Day for her. So Mm -hmm. now I'm juggling two things. And so it's safe to say this is the most, you know, not the most, but it's one of the most important holidays of the year because I absolutely think mothers should be celebrated. They're so important. They're incredible. But as a husband and son, It's the hardest day of the year. There's so much pressure. It's it's so intense. It's just like, you're just, you're, you're giving the day away. You're, you're doing all you can to try to, try to make your wife feel, feel special, uh, and your mom. And I I feel like I, I failed in many ways, but this was probably my, I guess it was my third year attempting this. It was my best one yet. So I still have a ways to go. It was my best one yet. So here's how the day started. I, uh, Made Jody breakfast. Ooh. Now, some people, you know, you you, you hear that the dads they, they they make their their wife breakfast in bed with you know eggs and bacon and all that. I made a bowl of oatmeal for Jody. Oh, that was my question. Did you just pour a bowl of cereal? <laughs> a wonderful bowl of oatmeal. The microwave did a great job with the oatmeal. So we got it started the right way with a healthy bowl of oatmeal and, and brown sugar, and and then before church. Yeah, yesterday uh, we we dedicated Michaela at her church. Uh, oh, great! That was cool. And but before that, I took Jody's car out to get it cleaned. Ooh, so nice! So a pre church car cleaning. Wow! Uh, so I'm out there. It was actually cold in Charlotte yesterday. But I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out there. You know, drying and Windexing and, and oh, you hand washed it, vacuumed and everything. You I hand- took it through the car wash. And oh, then I okay, tied okay. it myself. And you're, you're out produce. on
2: a chilly Sunday morning shirtless just going to town yeah, on the that's car. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it was very cold. I had my shirt on. Thank you very much, Lou. <laughs> um, this isn't your fantasy today. Um, but uh, but so I so I was able to clean Jody's car, which was great. Well, then we went to church. Then I came back. I made her lunch. So not only breakfast, I made wow. her lunch. Guess what? I made her for lunch. A uh, bowl of cereal, a sandwich, peanut butter and jelly. Gosh, no, you're
2: check, really
0: digging deep. You're deep into your bag of tricks. Check that. It's not even peanut <laughs> butter. Almond butter. We went, went all out for the almond butter <laughs> from so Trader almond Joe's. Butter and, and jelly. Trader I, Joe's yeah, almond butter. I, I can't confirm that, but okay. it was it was almond almond butter. So, anyways, <laughs> so I made her I made her breakfast, and then my my Jody got to go out with her mother uh, for dinner. So it was a big day. We had fun, uh, but I did realize. It was. It's. It's one of the more challenging days of the year. There's no question about it. So uh, we just we can't qu- too quickly gloss over that the meals.
2: Although you did spend the effort to make two mm. meals for your wife, which is tremendous because that is certainly not the norm. And <laughs> Sunday morning, not you're more. washing the car, but while you're making oatmeal and PB and J. Are there thoughts in the back of your head telling you, you know, this just isn't good enough? <laughs> yeah. Can I do better here?
0: Yeah, especially for, you know, Jody is a tremendous mother and, you know, having to be pregnant with both of them and, and nursing and taking care of them every day, juggling two of them. They're only two years apart. So She's a beast. She's a champion. There's no question about it. And, and so the other thing is, as important as the one day of the year is, you go all out for Mother's Day. It's like how do how, where do you even begin? Like a peanut butter yeah. and jelly sandwich compared to the the countless meals that she's <laughs> making for both daughters all day every day. Right, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, what, what, what can you do? And, and then like for my mom, like I I didn't even get her a card yesterday. It's like it's almost a smack in the face. Wait I mean, a card for all that she's done for me for thirty five years of my life, and here's a card. It's not enough. So I said, forget the card. I'm not doing a card. No. So. <laughs> That's where I came out on that too. So it's a very challenging day. So I'm it curious is. for the listeners today, what did you do? What was your approach for your own mom, for your wife? If, if you have kids with your, with your wife, what, what's the approach? For the ladies listening today, what, what do you like on Mother's Day? What's the win? What's the win on Mother's Day? Curious, some uh, post-game reaction from Mother's Day weekend. Would love, I really, would love to hear that.
2: I really do think a heavy dose of gratitude is a great gift to however that's communicated maybe pb&j is the extent of your capabilities in the kitchen and maybe well, that really shows hey i am so thankful for you i'm going to prove it by dominating this pb&j or it's just words of affirmation on just somehow communicating cuz you have you make a point a card can never communicate or be some type of equivalent oh you've done all this yeah here's a card for your for your hard work as a mother no it's, it's it, it is a slap in up. the face it's some tough. It's
0: tough. you try something
2: you try something some way of communicating the gratitude that they deserve because moms are absolute studs Absolutely. and especially like the, my, my mom my mother-in-law and whenever uh madeline and i have kids i know she's going to be tremendous so some type of gratitude but I think based on your history of food making you've got barf dip and then yep. you've got the staples give me the cereals the oatmeals the PB and J's maybe some pasta with some marinara sauce yes but you can count on it consistent product
0: that's right absolutely you can always always count on my delicious loaded peanut butter and jelly sandwich or almond <laughs> butter and jelly you know, you know she's uh, unfortunately with our with our daughter we've had uh, different uh, dietary uh, res- restrictions, so so Jody like eggs and dairy. So I'm I'm going. I if you're if you're eliminating grilled cheese, then I'm in trouble. I'm, <laughs> I'm in trouble then at that point. So it, it gets tricky. So all right. Well, there you go. There's there's Mother's Day weekend. We'd love to love to hear. You can leave your comments uh, wherever you're listening. Uh, give us your your thoughts. Uh, whether you're watching on, on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, thanks to everybody listening today. We'll, we'll dive into some some sports talk here now as well. Uh, we'll get to the Kentucky Derby, which was fa- which was fascinating in a moment. But let's start with I'm convinced. You can let us know what you're convinced of as well. But here's what I'm convinced of today. There's an article on theAthletic.com written by David David Aldridge, longtime NBA beat writer, and I've been listening, reading, following him for. 20 years, gosh, longer than that, since I was 10. He's been doing it forever. Forever. So he's a legend. But in his article, this is how he closes, and I'm convinced he's right on. He says, rejoice in ugly playoff basketball. It's the very best basketball. Absolutely. I'm loving these NBA playoffs. I'm loving how physical it is. I'm loving how, how ugly and grinded out it can be at times. The hard fouls the questionable calls, the intensity. It has been great. Tonight we get the Warriors and, and Grizzlies, which to me has been the best series so far. They've only played three games. But then we've seen the flip-flop in series as well. Your Dallas Mavs are, are back in. We, we know that that's been an intense series as well. Yep. Uh, with some, you know, some physical play, Chris Paul getting called for the fouls. You, usually he's playing dirty. And he doesn't get called for those fouls. Nope. But last night, for whatever reason, they called those they fouls. They came back to bite him fouling out with nine minutes remaining. Oh, so it was so good to see. It was so early. But some of the topics that come up with this, this, I mean, these playoffs have really been defined by physical play. And I was even arguing with my brother yesterday on, on Mother's Day. We got a little sports talking on, on Mother's Day. Huh. But, like, the Dylan Brooks foul where he ended up getting suspended um with, with, you know with the law the long arm kind of swing
2: yeah and, and didn't even jump
0: he kind he of stayed jump, on the right? ground well even no, the big one where he swung and wasn't that that was Gary Payton yeah
2: but like he didn't even like on his swing it's like he just like ran through him he didn't like jump up to try to go get the ball it seemed like he, ran, he was just going you. right got through gotcha. him I got gotcha.
0: you I got gotcha. you um uh, so but but my thought is those types of plays, I I'm not as offended by them as, as some NBA fans are. And, and and thinking, all right, you gotta get him out of the game. Like you gotta kick that guy out. He shouldn't be playing. That was intentional. I have a tough time as a fan thinking that these players are out to hurt each other. I don't buy it. I don't buy that narrative. Now, I do think there are certain players that, especially veteran players like Chris Paul, that have over the course of their career shown that they like to operate in the gray area Mm -hmm. of the game of basketball. And depending on certain refs, they get away with those things and certain, you know, series or certain refs, they don't get away with it. Um and and so I don't necessarily love that aspect of it. But to me, when guys you know, like to me like Dylan Brooks, he hasn't been known as a as a dirty player. And so that, that one you know, kind of tough foul to now all of a sudden draw all these big conclusions. I'm not willing to go there. Yeah. Um. I don't think he should have been suspended. Um. And and I understand that sometimes they suspend guys based on how injured the player gets. Uh. That was fouled. And and I'm not sure I buy into that either. So I really yeah. wrestle with with all of this. Um. It, where do you come out on it? Like I enjoy it as a fan. I want to see guys care. I want to see the physical play. I don't want to see dirty play. I don't want to see guys. That are you know the quote unquote goons that come in off the bench to 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 purposely you know hurt a player or foul yeah. a player that used to be something that's not really around in the game anymore and I'm not I'm not necessarily advocating for that to return to the game but I love the chippiness the 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 in the paint you know not elbows to the face but but some some you know back and forth action going on
2: yeah so I love physical basketball and. I, my problem with the playoffs right now, specifically in the Mavs Suns series is there, there isn't, it's, it's been inconsistent on if the refs are going to let them play physical or if they're not going to. In addition, the Mavs and Suns players have turned, have turned the series into a flopping contest and the refs are falling for it on numerous occasions. So I want there to be physical basketball, but just let it be consistent. At least in the Mav Sun series, it's been some really ticky-tack fouls, and then other fouls. I'm like, wait, what are we doing here? But to your point, physical basketball's the best. The soft, flagrant one that gets called all season, like, there are certain fouls, and there it's, it's not even close to being a flagrant, but yet, oh, well, by the book, it's got to be. No, come on. Where's the common sense? I wanted it to be physical basketball, let there be contact, and... That just makes it more fun. Like Aldridge in his article was saying, the grimy, the the ugly, the messiness of playoff basketball, that's where it's at its best. Not when it's just three-pointer after three-pointer, touch fouls after touch foul, 130 to 140 point games. No. Around a hundred points, it's messy, it's physical, it's ruthless. Teams are having to
0: grind out Ws. That's yeah. where it at it's that's where it's at its best. It's not it's it's no brainer. Again, I don't like the dirty play, and it's such a fine line. And that's and th- but that's almost the the fun part of it too. Like kind of debating whether wait was that dirty? Was that just a, a tough physical play? And so then you hear the commentators going back and forth. You, you, you hear the uh, who's the who's the ref that they bring in from New York? The old refs, Javi, Steve Javi. Uh, he's always funny they- to me. He's always yeah. funny to me. Um, like the background for, for I don't know. It's just the setup for him is always interesting. <laughs> it's like he's in like
2: NASA or something. Like, dude, uh, yeah. where are you?
0: What headquarters
2: no. are you located in here?
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I, I don't know what. <laughs> okay, would you
2: rather have that or your NFL draft boy, who's just in his in his recliner in his sofa? Who's that? Uh, uh Kuiper. Would you rather have Javi set up or Kuiper set up? Yeah,
0: well, that's true. You well, know, Kui- <laughs> Kuiper had a unique. He needs to be at the draft. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. Um. But but anyway, so so I'm curious your thoughts as a listener today. Have you enjoyed these NBA playoffs because of the intensity, or do you like more of the? Uh, you know, I mean, both all these series have had a ton of three pointers too. Your Mavs hit what 20 some yesterday. Oh yeah, um, what they land with? What they finish with? 20-27. Yeah, They got the twenty. It was yeah, yeah it was it great. was it was outrageous. So, but that so that can still take place in the midst of the physical play. So yeah. that's that's where I come out. But the, the whole idea, too, of retaliation, that, oh, now Jordan Poole, like he tried to hurt John ja Morant. I no. just – I personally don't buy it. I really don't. I was no. driving in today yeah. listening to, to Doug Gottlieb, and he was talking about, like, guys today, they're, they're, they don't play that way to, to try to hurt other players. It's just no. – that's just not the way it goes. But in the course of a of an intense physical game, like, those types of injuries are going to happen and kind of you know awkward physical – interaction is just going to take place it's just part of the deal yeah so i, I kind of uh, uh yeah side on that on that side of it
2: yeah so. i just to add you know josh on facebook commented luca and chris paul make the refs job make the refs jobs nearly impossible when it comes to foul calls which it, it that's the hard thing like i want there to be physical basketball but then these guys are able to take advantage of the refs who just fall for all the exaggeration. Like, dude, did you just get hit no by flopping, a hammer? Not That's a fo- flopper. Yeah. I hate flopping. Yeah. I hate it. So we get rid of that. But I, I don't know. The game set up where it's so easy to get a touch foul, to overreact. So I just <laughs> love that Chris Paul got a taste of his own medicine and he fouled out on kind of a, a, a borderline touch foul. That was yeah. so great for me to see.
0: Yeah. And and Shannon she just posts drama and and that's what we've seen. All of this is creating drama and intrigue. And and we'll talk more about these series in a little bit because we're also just seeing great basketball back and forth. Uh everybody's still still alive. Nobody's pulling away other than if Ja Morant is out, that series is over. Yeah. It could be an ugly blowout tonight without Ja. So that, that could be the case. But all these other, with Joel Embiid and, Joel and coming back in Philly, look out. Here come the Sixers. So yep. Miami looked like they were running away. I know.
2: Not so much. Even as a Mavs fan, I thought the Suns were going to run away. I thought it was going to be probably Suns in five, and now yeah, it's 2-2. Two, two. American yeah. Airlines Center looks just undefeated right now because my stars, I know you are not, not, not love when I bring up my Dallas Stars, but they big win over Calgary the other day at the, at the American Airlines Center. Um, but then the Bucks—they're winning without Chris Middleton. True. they're up two-one. Like every series is is tremendous. It's yeah. been
0: so good, so good. I'm loving it. But going back, it's because of the physical play, baby. Keep it going. Yes. Even the Celtics box—that's very physical too. Very physical. You better believe it. Giannis. I'm. I'm. So I told you. Remember a few a few months ago, I was like, "Hey, I'll take the the Warriors, Bucks, and Suns." I'm still leaning heavily on the Bucks. It's the Bucks, baby i Giannis, you just watch him that guy is a machine he's just put this team on his back night in night out he's the guy i trust the most he's the one i can i can rely on in in these nba playoffs as long as he's healthy man i I just like he's figured it it out there were some
2: playoff woes his first few years but he's got it feels like they figured it out there
0: absolutely i still yeah i still think the warriors have have a good shot i can see them winning again but i I feel most confident in, in the Bucks. I really do, um, at least today, on a Monday following the, the weekend. All right, so I, I watched some good NBA this weekend, but I happened to catch the Kentucky Derby. And I don't always catch it, but sometimes if it works out with my schedule and I, I'm able to catch it, I, I didn't catch it completely live, but it was somewhat live because um, you have to there, – there's so much coverage for the Kentucky Derby. It goes on and on and on. So I had, yeah. to, I had to watch something else and then go back and catch it to where right, – right when it started. But it's the fastest two minutes. I told Jody and Maddie, hey, two minutes. Come watch this horse race. Let's see, let's see what we got. And so they could get into it.
2: Um, we need to send a delegation from unpacking it to the Kentucky Derby next year with our big like hats and all,
0: uh, the whole getup.
2: The big hats. Do
0: I want to wear a big hat? You're not a hat guy.
2: I'll, I'll be the hat guy. You'll be the, the big hat, hat
0: guy. You'll be the hat guy. I'm a hat guy on the weekends. I wear, I wear, I wear a hat all weekend. Only when you're mowing the lawn or if you don't want to make your hair. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, so I watched it to Kentucky Derby and sure enough, this was a historic finish. It was so exciting. And what was the theme of this race? The long shot, the longest of long shots won. And so rich strike won the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby as the biggest long shot out of the 20 horses in the race, 80 to 1. And he ended up winning it, which this was the second longest long shot in the history of this race going back to 1911 when uh, Donnerale was 91 to 1. Those were his odds. So this was just an outrageous, upset victory, long shot, the impossible and and so here at Unpacking It, we we take sports stories, relate them to the Bible. And so I want to focus on this concept of of long shots. And and even the actual race, like within the race, Rich Strike was a long shot to, to win it. Once it kind of got going, because he's in the middle of the pack. We're coming down the final, final stretch of the of the race. Um, am about, about to become the play-by-play guy who was so good, by the way. Um, and so all of a sudden, Rich Strike, he he burst past. The two betting favorites, Epicenter and Zandon. And in the last moment, I mean, it's just this burst of energy to to get the victory. And and then we go back to kind of going into the race, why he was such a long shot. He was an alternate the entire week. He wasn't even supposed to be in this race. And then someone at the the last minute, uh, Ethereal Road, pulled out of the race. And apparently with 30 seconds to go until the deadline to pull out of the race and to get the, the the alternate in was when all of this went down and rich strike on Friday, the day before the race gets entered into the field and then goes and wins the thing. I mean, this is remarkable. You know, as sports fans, we, you know, we love this kind of thing. We sometimes we'll see this in golf where where a guy at the last minute, you know, enters and, and qualifies and all that kind of thing. But, this is this is still sort of a rare circumstance where, where you see this kind of long shot uh pull this out. And and though and the other thing I, I read too, where you know, he started in the 20th post position. So whatever that kind of means in the gates and all that, and you know how they come out of the gates, uh also put him put him behind. And and to, to be able to overcome all of that and then win, absolutely uh remarkable. And and so everything led to this being impossible, improbable, and a long shot. You and I, we can relate to this in our own lives, where we face circumstances that seem impossible. It seems like we're a long shot to get a job. It seems like a long shot uh, at this point to get pregnant. It's a long shot to get married. It's a long shot that this door is going to open up. It's a long shot that we're going to experience healing. And we start to think to ourselves, Ah, it's impossible! It's impossible! This isn't going to happen. It's not. It's not going to happen. There's no way. How? How? how, how, It's too improbable. I I don't. I don't see a way. And it's in those moments, it's in those circumstances, that we have to remember what God is capable of. That God is the God of the impossible. And it's in these, these situations where God shows His glorious. Remarkable, miraculous ways, and and so we have to remember, you know, in these long shot situations, they don't always turn out exactly how we want. That, that's that's not the point of today. The point of today is that we can place our hope and trust in the God of the impossible, in the God of the long shots. That's who we serve. It's an all we serve an all powerful, all loving, all all sovereign, you know, omniscient, omnipotent. God. And so here are some verses that that speak to this. In Jeremiah, God says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? In Luke, it assures us that for nothing will be impossible with God. Matthew tells us, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And so no matter what we're facing today, that's what we can cling to. That's, what, that, that's the truth. That, that's the hope that we have in the God that we, we hopefully know and trust and love. And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Last week, I was feeling this sense of, man, a situation I'm in right now. It, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I, I, I also at that, that moment thought, well, God is the God of the impossible. So God's going to have to show up. God's going to have to come through. That's the only way. And and so this, this horse race on, on Saturday, we saw a long shot do the impossible. And in sports, we, we kind of know this. Like, we, we know there are long shots, but we see upsets. We've seen 16 beat one. And in, in college basketball, we've seen App State beat Michigan. Let's not forget that, right? Um, I was there. But, but we've seen these moments in, in sports, and so, as sports fans, we still have this hope right we, we That's why we keep watching. you know Cleveland Browns fans still have hope that one day their team's going to win a Super Bowl. I just watched Draft Day the other day. Uh, I think there's more hope in that team that they built in uh, that movie but but anyway, you know, we, we have this hope in sports, but do we truly have this kind of hope in in the God of the impossible? Do we really believe that? because if we do. Then that gives us the confidence and the faith to keep persevering, to keep enduring in the midst of the challenges that that we woke up with today, the the, the situations that that seem impossible. We know that God is able. We know that He is capable. Um, I want to go. I want to go uh, read a quote from uh, Rich Strikes. Uh, Rich Stri- Rich Strikes trainer Eric Reed, uh, the horse that won. That the trainer said, "I knew what we had." and what it was capable of. And if he ran good, anything could happen. And so to to word this a little bit differently for us today, we know who we have in God and what he's capable of. And with his goodness and power, anything can happen. So today let's declare, ah, Lord God, it is you. This is from Jeremiah. It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. It's in these moments when he shines. It's in these moments where his glory comes through. Are we going to trust him? Are we going to place our hope and faith in him? And and, 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 and knowing that, that he, he is the God of the impossible because all things are possible with him. So there's our encouragement for today. I'm right there with you if, if you're in a situation that seems impossible. Uh, but I've seen him over and over show up in my life in the final 30 seconds, so to speak. In the, in the day before the final race, God shows up and does the impossible. And so let's, let's cling to that, uh, that hope today. All right, so the question to, to think about, Luke, you can jump in on this as well. You know, Think about the times in your own lives. What, when has God previously shown up when things seemed like a long shot? And then also for, for those listening, think about you know what is your improbable situation today that feels impossible unless God intervenes. And so you can leave those comments if you if you're comfortable sharing. Um, you can leave those comments wherever you're watching. But uh, but Luke, did, first first off, before you jump in on the spiritual side, did you watch this race? Yeah, uh, negative. Are you a horse racing guy? Oh, negative. Did, yeah, you got to see. Did I did I at least hype it up for your intrigue? Well, so
2: I've seen it before. I was, again, I was, ki- I was out kayaking, enjoying laying down in the kayak, which was nice. I have watched it before, but it is it is certainly uh, not a priority item for sports watching. I, as, since being married, I have to be strategic in what gets the nod for what I'm going to watch. It's two
0: minutes, Luke. We're asking for two minutes. It's the fastest two
2: minutes. There's just so much hoopla and look at me. all. Oh, it's just an appearance thing. I'm going to show up. Oh, look who's here at the Kentucky Derby. I don't really care. I don't <laughs> care what you wear. I don't care who's there. I don't care that you're at the Kentucky Derby.
0: The race itself, yeah, that's cool. It's
2: but fun. I did not tune in this year.
0: All right, all right. Regardless of that, what what are, what's your take on, on on the God of the Impossible, long shot circumstances? How do you yeah. relate to this? Well,
2: it's a great topic, and again. I think we we talk about this all the time. It's important to remember and reflect and to have these conversations because in our own sin, and our own weakness, it's easy to forget who God is, what he's done, what is true. But being able to talk about that with fellow believers is really important. So for this conversation, as you're talking, I'm reminded, well, yeah, God is the God of the impossible. And that begins with our sin, understanding that we're born with a sin nature. We're depraved completely. We can't save ourselves. Ephesians 2 says we're dead in our sin. Romans 3, we fall short of the glory of God. It was impossible to have fellowship with God in our, in our own strength, and yet God did that. God made a way for us to have fellowship with him, have a relationship. So I love reflecting on the cross and salvation through Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection— because it gives us reason to believe in God doing other impossible things. I think in my own life, uh, certain uh, mindsets or certain sins that I was stuck in, and God rescuing me from that, uh, that maybe I tried in my own strength, or maybe uh, I didn't think it was sinful, and God sanctified me and gave me the strength to be faithful and to pursue Him. And there's certain things for people's lives where it feels like a complete long shot. There's no way I could ever find freedom from this. There's no way I could ever find freedom from that. But God is faithful, and God can do what feels like is impossible. Uh, so I think mean, that's an, a one example in my life on God really bringing me out of certain things to be able to follow him more faithfully. Uh, mm. And then I've talked about this before, you know, losing my dad at a young age when I was eight from cancer— God doing the impossible to bring healing mm. and and not only just bring healing but to use my family our story to bring comfort to others who are experiencing the same thing now like being able to celebrate mothers day this weekend to talk about the superstar that is my mom the all of the the widows single moms who she's been able to minister to that it took years of healing to get to that place but God to do the, what feels impossible, what felt like impossible, now my mom's ministering to others, whereas 15 years ago, there's no way she could mm-hmm. have. So those are two things I think in my life is just, in general, being, God being able to pull us out of certain sins that feels like we're stuck in them, and then, I guess, my family, just l- the feeling of loss, God doing what we felt like was impossible to bring us out of that and to be able to minister to others. Um, and I'm sure you and Jody, with, you know, experiencing uh, what it's like to have a, a miscarriage, you are able, God bring, God, bringing you out of that, bringing healing, you're able to encourage others. And that's just one way that you guys are able to do that.
0: That's right. A- absolutely. And and so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, we always got to remember the, the impossible situations from the past that God came through on. Um, but then also, uh, yeah, use that as an encouragement to, to others, no question about it. So let's see what, what God's going to, what, what's he going to do next in our lives? It, it's, it's always, uh, it's, it's, it's scary when we face these situations, but it's also exciting because we, we know God's gonna, gonna come through in a, in a long shot kind of way. So that's where yeah. he, it's really it's where he shines. It, it really is. Um, it's those, those, but God type of situations, um, but unless god does something but unless god shows up it is impossible so there you yeah. go <laughs> and again not for our own glory
2: but god's ultimately going to do to bring glory to himself but we're made created in such a way that when god gets glory we are fulfilled like to be part of that that's right and yeah. and, and get scripture safe. that's why reading scripture is so important as well being able to remind ourselves oh yeah god's strong enough to do that god's big enough to do that god's gracious enough All of the countless stories in the Bible where only God was able to bring healing, to bring change, to bring victory. It's like, come on, there's so many examples, but we easily forget, we easily get turned in on ourselves and forget that God is big enough to do the impossible.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, amen. There's Unpack This. If you haven't subscribed to the Unpack This devotional, uh, check that out on unpackingit.com slash subscribe. That goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday in email form. Uh, and so we encourage you to to check that out, com slash subscribe. So let's talk a little NFL, and then we'll, we'll try to squeeze in some, some more NBA playoff talk as well. Uh, but I, I was intrigued to see the the Monday Night Football uh, double header was announced so we got a little bit of a teaser the the full NFL schedule is coming out Thursday I guess but we're gonna get little uh, little nuggets little uh, little appetizers uh, <laughs> we, we, we heard the uh, the games overseas that are that are coming out uh, we got that schedule so a couple interesting uh, matchups there but the the double header Monday night so I'm I'm intrigued for a couple reasons one, It'll be the debut of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. And they posted a video today. I encourage people to uh, watch on social media. Did you see this, Luke? Mm-mm. Oh, my god! I have not. It was so goofy. Oh, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> I mean,
2: I. I'm, was it a miss? Were they going for a home uh, run here? And it was just a no, miss? Well,
0: it was just hilarious. Like they're like hanging out on the, I guess, on someone's back porch or, or something. And they've got like a camera phone and it's like Joe Buck taking it back and forth between him and, and Troy. They both don't fit in the screen. And it's like they just they just invested whatever millions of dollars in these two guys, yet they can't send a cam, camera crew to do their big announcement to say, hey, Monday Night Football, week two, Titans, Bills, Eagles, Vikings, strong matchups. And Joe and Troy are like fumbling around uh-huh. Doing this uh, video announcement. I, I appreciate <laughs> the rawness to a certain extent. Trust me, we don't do everything perfect here. As we saw last week where my microphone fell off. So, <laughs> trust me, I'm not, I'm not throwing uh, throwing stones by any means. But I just thought it was hilarious that these guys kind of fumbled uh, their their little debut announcement. So, uh, go, check, go check that out on social media. But anyway, anyway, the, the matchups are set. Uh, I always love the doubleheader. I think that there should be a doubleheader every Monday night. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Like it would there, certainly there, get my viewership. Yeah. The, the overlap. Cause I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big Thursday night guy, but I haven't necessarily been a big Monday night guy until the Manning cast got me back into Monday night. Last year, I yeah. took a few years off of not, not really being as invested in, in Monday night. There's was a lot of big changes. Cause now Sunday night's different. Yeah.
2: Oh, with yeah. with uh, Michael's and Collinsworth no longer being paired there. Yep. that's going to be different even though Tariko is tremendous and it's going yeah, to be, be good. just fine
0: but this uh so this Titans Bills game you know i think the Bills go into this season really as like the team that needs to win a super bowl the Chip team on expected their to win a super bowl because you know to me the rams won't be as hungry um i, I i'm real high on the chargers but I don't think the pressure's on them quite yet, but the pressure is on the Bills. They have the talent. And so then the question becomes, you know, have they improved enough? Did they do enough to get over the hump this year? Um, And so this will be an early season test with the Titans because the big question there is, you know, will the Titans, they were the number one team in the AFC last year, will they be able to replicate that? Can Henry stay healthy for the whole season? How will they look without A.J. Brown? Tannehill with the pressure behind him. He's not going yeah. to mentor Malik Willis, right? <laughs> we heard that. Uh, we talked about that on our unpacked lunch last week. But, but you know, will Ryan Tannehill step it up a notch this year? Is he going to be any better? Yeah. Um, so I just want to just comment
2: backup. on did the Bills do enough? I'm in the camp of, and we've talked about this before, are we too quick to blow up a team or they've got to add more? Instead of just saying, they just need another chance. Like, they lost to they lost in one of the best games ever to oh, Kansas City so to good. who's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to do it in Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest trios we've ever seen in Kelsey Hill and Mahomes. Like, that, that to me, that's just a coin flip. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. just give us another chance. I don't necessarily – now, are they going to – of course, should they try to – how can we improve – but I really think it's just, they just need another shot. They've got a Super Bowl caliber team. But as we see in this league, it's impossible to win a Super Bowl. There's so many good teams, so many good players. Teams get hot. Teams go cold. Even if you have the most talented roster, you run into an overtime game against Kansas City, and it's just, who's going to get the ball last? So I think it's just another shot and see if they can do it. I'm not concerned about the bills. They are unbelievable.
0: Did they, did they, they drafted a running back. So, so will that, will that put them over the top as far as a little bit more consistency in, in the run but game?
2: Uh, oh, what was their starter at the near the end of the season? Singletary. he, he had he a great on. second half, at least fantasy wise. He, he, he was putting up some serious numbers. Second half of the season.
0: Yeah. So can he, can he hang on to that, that starting role? Um, someone will have to tell me who the who they drafted. I can't remember the running back they drafted. James Cook. That's right. That's right. So He's related to Dalvin Cook somehow. Yeah, his brother. His oh brother? yeah, his brother. Yeah, his he's brother. got the where's rec- cool.
2: the Rexpects from Georgia.
0: Yeah, it's Georgia running back. So, um, so yeah, he, I mean, he's got a good shot. He's got a good shot of of being a contributor. To, so to me, that was the biggest hole with the Bills, kind of going into the off season. So we'll we'll see if if Cook is the is the answer there. Um. So yeah, shout out to Landon. I got a new intern in the studio, so now I, I can just turn to him and I get the answer. That's right. That, that's nice. Um, <laughs> so there we go. We're all set. I like that. All right. So then the second game on the, the, this Monday Night Football doubleheader that they've announced, you got the Eagles Vikings. So the Eagles. I was with my uh, my buddy who's a, an Eagles fan. I was with him Friday night, and you know he's he's excited about AJ Brown. Um, he's a this loyal your neighbor, li- right? Your he's my neighbor, neighbor loyal yeah. loyal listener of the of the podcast as well. Um, he loves when the microphone uh, messes up. So he's a big, big fan of the, the mic drop that, that happens at the beginning <laughs> of the show sometimes. Um, so he gave, gave me a hard time about that. Um, but, you know, the big deal with A.J. Brown, we, I, I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts has with, you know, kind of another uh, off season with this coaching staff. Because last year Nick Sirianni was just taken over. So can Hurts take another step? And now with a weapon like A.J. Brown complementing Devonta Smith, uh, Devontae Smith. Do we ever land on Devonta or Devonte? You know how I feel about these kind of names. Well, <laughs> is it Mike or Michael? Is it Sam or Samuel? Is it Devontae or Devonta? I well, don't just know.
2: Don't don't pull a Herb Street and say Tariq Hill. As long as we don't go Tariq Hill, well, then that's you're a good fine. point. Just yeah. stick
0: with Smith. Smith last name easy. Well, the Sixers. He was Devontae or Devonta? Oh yeah, I'm sticking with Smith. Smith was at the Sixers game. I think it was last night or the night <laughs> before, or whatever, whatever that was. They said former NFL wide receiver. What? That's, what put, that's what they put on the screen. The in his second year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get it together. No, <laughs> so, at, yeah, at least I'm not that bad.
2: Philly fans but, are just so brutal. They're just projecting over him. Yeah, you'll be out of the
0: league soon. Yeah, that's, that's oh, come on. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. No, yeah. that he's the number two with AJ Brown. Jalen Hurts is loving life. Dallas Goddard, if he can ever really just be that consistent tight end. They still don't have a running game, a consistent running game. So that's They're kind of scary. I mean, they
2: overachieved in comparison to preseason expectations. But like you're saying, this is the year for Jalen Hurts to prove it. The dude has some serious weapons to go to. And a coach that proved himself, hey, I can coach in this league. Oh. And I took a, an Eagles team that was supposed to be bottom feeders to the playoffs. Yeah. And so th- this will this will be an interesting
0: year. In
2: Philadelphia,
0: they overachieved in a big way. All right, let's speaking of Philadelphia, let's talk a little more NBA playoffs and and these matchups that we have. So, how are you feeling about kind of where we stand? Most of these game four, five situations, um, you always want to let's see. They just finished game three, game four uh, tonight. Uh, both series two one, and then last night, Sixers tying it up. Your Mavs tying it up uh, two two. So. These, these series are, are really oh, tight. I'm so still – I, I mean, I will still – I think the Sixers now have a chance. I don't think Dallas will win this series against Phoenix. Um, but if they can push it to six, that would be facet, you know, fantastic for them and a big step forward. Yeah. But I do think the Sixers, if Harden is playing like he did yesterday, especially down the stretch in games, which that was the big concern – and yeah, then if Embiid can kind of play through this injury and still yeah. you know, do enough, they got the they got the crowd electric there. Maxie's such a good player. Um the the Heat are also loaded with talent. I'm always amazed, like their bench is better than so many team starters.
2: But Duncan you know, Robinson has hasn't played,
0: which is interesting. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. I mean you throw him the last in the two
2: games, he's he hasn't Played one minute, which I, I don't know what's going on.
0: One of the Morris twins, like he finally played yesterday. He hadn't played much at all.
2: My to so my thinking is there's certain teams that must advance. The Celtics must beat the Bucks, who are missing oh, really? Chris Middleton. They're oh, I don't know about without that. without Chris Middleton. The Celtics they've built a roster where they think we're, we've arrived. We have two wing dominant wing players, defensive player of the year. We have Robert Williams. I mean, like, their team, they've put together a team that's, we're ready to win it all, and now we're playing the the Bucks. Well, yes, they have Giannis, but, and they're defending champions, and they're really good still, but they're missing Chris Middleton, who was an all-star last year. So, to me, the Celtics must advance. The Suns are going to beat the Mavs. I mean, the Suns are probably the best team in the NBA. They were head and shoulders above everyone, especially in the Western Conference this season. I mean, they have probably three dudes on their bench that can start on 25 other NBA teams. Like Cam Johnson off the bench, that dude's an NBA starter. He's unbelievable. And, yeah. So the Mavs getting it to 2-2 was awesome.
0: I was very pleased to see that, but they won't beat the Suns. Well, Finney Smith isn't going to be hitting that many threes every night. That's hard to, to replicate.
2: But in one sense, yes. But in another sense, they're so open. Like, it's not like them—it's not—I don't think it's a fluke and that the Mavs are just hitting these contested threes all night long. Like, they're choosing to collapse on Luka, who's a great passer. These are wide-open looks they're getting. So percentages should go up. So it's like they're hitting—they're having wide-open threes. So I think it's—it'll be interesting to see if Phoenix adjusts and just said— but the guys on Dallas Radio this morning were saying Phoenix should just— like, close out all the shooters and see if Lucan could get 60. If he can get 60 and we lose, fine. But we're not going to let all these wing shooters just get open look after open look. True. Because they prove they can make them. So I'm hoping to keep leaving them open. Because these these dudes <laughs> are snipers out there. It's
0: been awesome. And, and Brunson being a, a pretty solid number two guy
2: these last He's couple He's going to get paid so much money this uh, off season.
0: I was thinking about that. Dallas still has to pay him no matter what. Even if they end up trading him in the long run, they gotta resign. Yeah. Him. Or they assign have him, have to trade. because
2: you it's not like, oh, we can let him go and get someone else. Like I I don't know. I feel like you have to you, uh, you have to try to match him. every single offer.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they, they gotta do that. Um and then yeah, with the with the Celtics, the other thing that I thought about was in the NBA, it's all about being in your your prime. And to me, it's really hard for guys like Chris Paul to have big game after big game at his stage of his career. Yeah, I just 37? don't seven. I, I just think. don't think it's realistic unless yeah. you're LeBron. You know, he he's probably still able to do that if he's in the oh, playoffs. Yeah. That, that he he's doesn't playing, count. He's playing with yeah, but 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 <laughs> but then like to me, it's also tough for some of the younger guys that aren't quite in their prime yet. So to me, Jalen. Brown and, and uh, Jason Tatum, they're really close to their prime, but they're not there yet. And, and so Tatum has kind of been a little up and down, not, not, not the kind of consistent guy that you want. And then I would put even James Harden. Is he still in his prime? Probably not. He's probably getting toward the end of his prime. Um, whereas Embiid, yeah. sweet spot in his prime. Giannis, sweet spot in his prime. Is Steph Curry still in his prime? I guess. I guess. But, like, Clay Thompson isn't. Clay Thompson, he's playing well, but he's not in his prime. And then I think John Morant isn't there yet. So that's why I feel most confident in Giannis and Joel Embiid. When healthy. Embiid's always the – I don't yeah. have confidence in because he's always injured. Well, I mean, Embiid
2: came back and they won two games. So yeah, that's the difference. to me, the Sixers yeah. must win as well. The Heat have already been to a conference fi- – to the finals in the bubble – Embiid's got to get to the conference finals. Really got to try to make it to the finals. I don't know. Harden's an interesting thing. How did he drop off so quickly? I know. It's, but then he
0: showed last night what he's capable of. I know. That's the that's what's it's, crazy with him.
2: It's pretty fascinating.
0: But I'm not a Harden fan. No yeah. D. Let me no ask D. you this question.
2: Watching the Warriors. Oh, yeah. That, that just clicked. Harden. Come, on,
0: come on, man. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> to make him. my point. That to be fair, recycled joke. That's a go to for you. That's a go to, just like Irk
0: Nowitzki. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's right. That's Irk right,
2: Nowitzki. Oh. These
0: are fresh jokes for the intern. I'm trying to see if he's laughing. That's I got, I, I got, a studio audience today. <laughs> My one intern. I like Irk. See if he's laughing. Irk, no deal. All right. Anyway, about the Warriors.
2: Is this the best? Like has. Is a team drafted better than them over the last 15 20 years? It's not even close. Like their ability to draft and develop Curry, like their championships before Kevin Durant, you cannot be mad at. Drafted Curry, developed him, drafted Clay Thompson, developed him, drafted Draymond Green, developed him, and now Jordan Poole, drafted Jordan Poole, who was a G League guy. And developed him to the point where people are talking about should we trade Clay Thompson because we have Jordan Poole now? Yeah. Like, this is and it's Kibunga. unbelievable.
0: Kibunga. They draft, Even they Harrison Barnes.
2: The Harrison Barnes is on the, the 2015 championship team. Look what he turned into. Now, the Mavs overpaid him significantly,
0: but he was a good player worth yeah. a shot. Oh, the, the Warriors, I mean, I guess the Thunder drafting Durant, Horan, and Westbrook. <laughs> um, I'm trying again. Still, no, still not. Okay. Um but drafting those three guys, that was that was legit. <laughs> but since then, uh eh. and then the Celtics, they they're they've drafted well with with Tatum and, and Brown. Yeah. But yeah, I mean what the Warriors have done, there there's no question about it. It's 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 remarkable. So still still fun with uh with Golden State. Always enjoy watching them and, and looking forward to tonight with uh with the Grizz. Shannon Rupert commented without uh without John Morant. Shannon commented, we need a laugh track or crickets. One yeah, of we'll, the two. We'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There
2: we go. It is a good joke. I was just so eager for my take. I totally tuned you out. Yeah, that's all right. Real relational for me.
0: Yeah, thanks. All right, let's jump into our uh, MetaShare moment of the week. So each week we try to find something in the world of of social media or sports or something that was just, that caught our attention. They either made made us laugh, made us shed a tear, whatever it may be. This week's MetaShare moment of the week makes us laugh. And it looked like it made a lot of people laugh. So this is, uh, let's see, the the Los Angeles Angels, and they just just won a game. And Brandon Marsh and Tyler Wade attempted a Gatorade bath during a post-game interview for Anthony uh, Rendon. Um, And so here's what happened. We're going to show the video. Luke, you've got it ready to roll? We got it ready. All right, man, You play the video, and then we will respond. So hopefully, people saw it.
1: Huge, and... total miss.
0: <laughs> so they bring the Gatorade bath over, and, and they totally on the ground, and then he falls. Just this Marsh, Marsh falls to the ground, and <laughs> and just tumbled. And so, you know, to me, the Gatorade bath—it's like it's this this ongoing celebration. And it hasn't really been reinvented. Yeah. But now I kind of like the, the, the antics that came with this. This almost made it so much better than just a typical. I mean, we're talking about an April or May baseball win. We're doing yeah. the Gatorade bath. You deserve to fall on this one. <laughs> you deserve this trip and totally whiff. Yeah. So, uh, yikes. And then they, uh, I mean, not only do you not land on the player, but then you actually fall to the ground and fall over the Gatorade Tank. tank to me, to Jugs? me, the
2: picking going? up
0: the tank <laughs> container, what, what is it? The jug the jug, the jug, the Gatorade jug, yeah, yeah, it's got to be a better word, definitely than that. not tank for sure. It's not tank. tank, it's a tank, tank's the military guy
2: over here. Um, uh, been watching his war documentaries, trying to get tank in there. Henry, I will says say jug. we'll go jug. The, the method of picking it up and then sprinting 10 yards it's a, it, it it fails it's a failure of a system you have to pick it up and sneak tiptoe and then pour but the 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 pick it up and sprint 10 yards as you're holding it True you're almost ski. beginning to pour as you run no never works and also can we outlaw the Gatorade bath in basketball games oh my god on the basketball court or like come on sloppy i'm pretty Messy. I, I wonder if KU did that after winning it all which shout out Drinking out of my Kansas National Champions mug.
0: Look at you. uh, You're just loving life. It is. Come on. It's a great day. Hey, hey, listeners, as annoying as Luke may be with his (laughs) Dallas Mavs winning two in a row, his Kansas basketball team winning, his Texas A&M team making it to the NIT championship, which we never should have heard about, but we did anyway. (laughs) Um, The good news is we can all remind him that he's a Cowboys fan. Hmm. So when in doubt, as as, you know (laughs) – it just, we got to hear about the winning. We just say, Hey, but remember the Cowboys. Remember the Cowboys. It's All fair. Right. So it it's keeps there. That's your, that's your uh, sports thorn in your side. How that, about that That is a massive thorn you humble. in my that keeps side. You, humble. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. I got the Charlotte Hornets and the Panthers. So I'm, I'm good. I, I brag True. about my Mountaineers. My app. You've got Charlotte
2: FC now to hang your hat on. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I got
0: invited to the game on Saturday. I got to make the decision. Ooh, got to make the decision on that one. You got to think if you
2: need to make up an excuse why you can't be
0: there. Well, you got to think I just, I I did some good work on mother's day. Do Did I, uh, does that translate to a a night out to see Charlotte FC? I mean, you put in in a good two weeks.
2: Yeah. You put in a two good weeks, uh, before March madness and that bought you some time, but that's true. Do you want to deposit your earned sports time with Charlotte FC?
0: Uh, I might save it for a for a Panthers game or something, something yeah. better than that. but no, I'm excited. I, I do want to go to it. I do want to go to one of the games. so I, I will try to get there at some point this summer. So so we'll see. All right, so there you go. There's your Metashare moment of the week. We are brought to you by Metashare. Check out metashare.com/ unpacking it. Just take a look. take a look if, if you can save some money with your health. care See if it's the right option for you. They offer programs for every budget. And the best part is their members on average save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. So Medishare.com slash unpacking it. Well, we love wrapping up the show with some goofiness, some fun, maybe a sports story that we missed throughout the show. And so we bring on our great producer, Henry Biename from Connecticut. Henry. Good to see you. Clean cut, looking sharp. How you doing?
1: What's going on, boys? Uh, happy Mother's Day to to your mother, Luke. Uh, to your, your guys' mothers as well. Um, mother's Day. Just to give a quick recap, um, the thing. And going back to you, Bryce. My wife's birthday is May third, and that Mother's oh, day that following Sunday. So your boy had a little bit of a challenge, but he met the challenge. So this is how it went. On Thursday, we uh, went to see Stephen Furtick up in Boston, and he had a worship service there. Then on Saturday, we went to see, speaking of soccer, the Hartford Athletic. They got a 1 nothing win. And then on Sunday, I took the whole family, with my mother in law included, and we went out to see the Hartford Yard Goats, which is the minor league team for the <laughs> Marava Rock. <laughs> Let me stop
0: you right there. The yard goats, yeah, the yard goats. Come That's on, Henry. Super... come on. Henry. I, I, this isn't real. I didn't make it <laughs> out. <laughs> this isn't real.
1: Yes, it, they, they are called the yard goats. And for you know those they, of you on on the podcast that doesn't know, a yard goat is the is the train car that actually pulls the train. Well, so this opens up what? another
2: conversation, maybe for another day, but. Franchises determining mascot names Mm. like some, it's just like out of a children's book, like why, or it just makes like it's the least intimidating (laughs) thing of all time. Why on earth did New Orleans choose Pelicans, yeah, as their name? Pelicans,
0: yeah, well, you got the Cleveland Guardians, you got the the Cleveland Guardians, and
1: then the Washington (laughs) (laughs) Command. Like,, can we have
2: some focus groups here that we're implementing in the process? It's yeah. just
0: Doesn't, yeah,
1: got some intimidation you. with the mascot. I guarantee you, none of the public were involved in naming the yard goats.: The yard goats. It's yeah. like no one's going to come to our games,
2: so we must use an outlandish name to just get some some free press. We'll be the well, yard goats.
0: Well, Henry, I hope you at least, you know, got your wife a, a funnel cake or you know, something. Something <laughs> at oh. the, the yard goats. Was she thrilled oh. about this?
1: The yard goats? Oh, she this was oh she was fun. She loved going to baseball. this. She loves going she loves going to baseball, especially <laughs> and that's a whole other topic for another day. But in answer to your question, that wasn't the only thing. I got both my mother in law and my wife a dozen of chocolate covered strawberries. Oh, nice touch. Well, so what's, what's Henry's
2: wife going to do to get him back for Father's Day? Take him to a, a ballet recital? Oh, my God. My <laughs> wife hates the ballet <laughs> You said we doing do a Yard Goods game. Yeah, we're going to go see the <laughs> symphony for your Father's
0: Day.
1: No, not, that's, I, I, I think that'd be more of a punishment for her
0: than it would be for me. Fair. Oh, wow. No, that's cool. Live baseball is fun. I, I'm, I'm with you. We've, we've got multiple places around here. We have Charlotte, but then some of the, some of the smaller towns around this area. Have other random teams, the Cannonballers, and I'll tell you California what, the Bears. Charlotte
2: Checkers minor league hockey team. Unbelievable, one Pretty of good. the best games I've ever been to. Wow, at, at uh Bojangles Arena or Coliseum, right. what a great place! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <good stuff.
1: laughs> oh, don't get me started on 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 uh on the uh on hockey teams up here in Connecticut. One of them is the Sound Tigers. I'm not exactly sure what a sound <laughs> tiger is, but that's the minor league team for the Islanders. So let's just pull two go. nouns out of a hat, put them together. That's our <laughs> mascot. I love it. I love it. All right, Henry. All right, look- let's ju- let's let's jump into tap drill here. Um, if you guys didn't know earlier today, it was announced. Sorry, Luke. It was not Luca that got the MVP. It was none other than the reigning MVP, who is now a two-time MVP. Nikola Jokic. It was announced today that he is now a back-to-back NBA MVP. Uh, he, had a double, he averaged a double-double for the season, almost a triple-double, uh, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. And he is the only person in NBA history to rack up 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists. Now, if you go on Twitter, the People's Champion no, no offense to Dwayne Johnson, is Joel Embiid. So, boys, did they get the NBA MVP right?
0: So I was thinking about this driving in or sometime today. To me, the MVP has to be more than a stat guy, meaning they have to be valuable to the NBA. And I'm not sure that people are, are tuning in to watch the Denver Nuggets ever. And, and so if you if, – and, and not to mention, they're not even in the second round of the playoffs. And I understand this is a regular season award. But how many times do we have to watch the Nuggets lose in the, in the playoffs and we're still going to give Nikola Jokic the, the MVP? I, no, it's Joel Embiid, and we're seeing it right in front of our eyes. This is the MVP of the league. It's very clear. People tune in to watch the Sixers. Embiid does commercials. He's great for the NBA. He's a big personality, and he's awesome, and he carries his team. He's a difference maker. You know, to me, Nikolo Jokic should be the guy that, like, finishes second every year. That, like, you look back in the history, and he's like, wow, this guy had incredible numbers. He's a really good player. But he doesn't actually win it. Um, that's, that's how I feel about it. So I'm surprised he's won. Not, not one, but two. So that's shocking to me. Yeah. Uh, to be – to other perspective of the it, to see the what... You see the face of the league. Not that Embiid is necessarily. Then I would give it to Giannis. So, like yeah. to me, it's Giannis like, or Embiid. Either one would be fine with me. Just to give perspective on the other side
2: of it, he did take the Nuggets to the playoffs without Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, who had season-ending That's injuries. That's fair. And his numbers are incredible. So I don't think it's a matter of, wow, what a miss by the league to give him the MVP. No. The sports fan in me was wanting to see Embiid get the credit deserved for what an amazing player he is and maybe this is just too much emotion for my perspective on this but I feel like MB deserved it like where he's come from he was averaging 30 a game for most of the season I mean and his value to the team is just amazing he is so good now just to be to add a little more annoyance for if you're hating Mavs talk how can Luka be continuing to be left out now I realize to win MVP is hard because it's not insane that Luka was left out when it's Giannis and beat Jokic but my boy Luka he's got to be in the conversation next year
0: oh he will be he he was he was this year but but he's he's a rising. He's not there yet. He's not in the, he's not in that prime yet. So he'll he'll get there. And Ja Morant too. He'll he'll be in that that mix without a doubt. This year he yep. missed too many games, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Team oh. uh, yeah. Sh- Shannon says team MVP, but not league MVP. Yeah. To me, it's like you got to be really dominant over the whole league, and everybody's kind of tuning in to see what he's gonna do. And it, part of it is just his style of play, maybe as well not as flashy not as flashy all right henry yeah. next question
1: well speaking of john morant did you happen to notice in one game of the uh, of the warriors versus the grizzlies did you see the dosi do that steph and jordan pulled did along the baseline there they were running along the baseline locked arms and then went in the opposite direction kind of <laughs> like square dancing so boys what okay so like i said they did a little dosi do as if they were in a square dance so boys what do you think about square dancing
0: Ooh, so I have probably done square dancing just a couple times. I, it was funny. I was reading an article about this play, and they were talking about back in like middle school or high school when you learn different dance moves. And the one that I remember moving uh, learning was the electric slide. That was kind of yes, to you. yes. I don't know, Luke. Is that still around? Did you learn the electric slide, or is that we moved past that one? Uh, that doesn't. That's not really square dancing, but that was like the one move. And I don't know if you can incorporate that into a, into a basketball play. Little, little step forward, back, you know, lean forward. Can you do that? I don't know. But, but I don't really know. Korean like, pool. Way yeah. to go.
1: I could definitely tell you, though, that it is still a wedding dance staple.
0: It is still slide. a wedding dance
1: staple. The electric slide.
2: The problem, though, with these line dances, these choreographed dances that everyone does is the DJ leaves the song on way too long yeah. for Cupid yeah. Shuffle? Oh, like, dude! Oh, yes! Like we've been yes. doing the same move for two and a half minutes. My legs are on fire, and now we're really bored. Everyone's faces have gone from smiles to, to just like <laughs> that's right. I want to be on the couch. Everyone's faces go from smiling to just emotionless. So I'm like, dude, let, let's let's get another song, please. Come on, we can't do a four minute Cupid Shuffle. Let's get a minute and a half, and let's go on to the next one same thing with Copperhead Road it's the same move for five minutes way too much
0: square, DJ can't get greedy square dancing isn't that bad but the music is usually bad so like the actual act of square dancing I, I could I could probably get behind it but then the other thing too is you end up having a lot of dance partners so if, if you're really you know with with someone then you really just want to dance with that person. You don't want to be dancing with the whole room. Whereas so square dancing is almost this kind of, I don't know, a different phase of life, maybe. <laughs> so that's a so I, well, I haven't been square dancing any time lately.
1: Well, as the DJ of Tap Drill, we're gonna go on to the next topic. And to your favorite guys, golf. So we have James Hahn here, and he's trying to he he's trying to do his thing on the course. And then the next thing you know, he's listening to somebody eating chips with the bag of the chips and ruffling the bag. And so, boys, let me ask you this one, why are we eating on the golf course anyway? And two, why wasn't he even kicked out of the foursome? Uh, This is hilarious. So, apparently, he heard
0: someone in the crowd. He's like, he told him, he goes, I hear you eating those chips. I mean, these golfers are, you know, usually they're locked in and focused, but we all know this, right? And this is my, this is my question for you guys is, are you the one in, in your marriage that gets annoyed with the other person when you have to hear them eat or drink? Yeah. Or, are, or are you the one that is the annoying one? So uh, for me, I drive Jody nuts by the way that I crunch. She doesn't like the way I crunch. So she can hear it from across the room. She goes, I can hear you crunching. I can hear you. So she would fall in line with this James Hahn, and I'm thinking to myself, "Dude, I'm just here eat some, I'm eating some. I mean, some chips. What am I supposed to do?"
2: Yeah. Gel. So that's a great. This was actually a discussion yesterday. Um, I am clearly the one who annoys Madeline with my chewing, my swallowing. Apparently, I smack when mm. I have food in my mouth, and I get so eager to share something in a conversation, I just start Woof. smacking. While I start talking, I remember a phone call while we were dating. I was drinking a sparkling water. And I guess I took a loud swallow. And she goes...
0: A loud swallow? She was like, wow. was that
2: you? What was that noise? I'm like, <laughs> I'm enjoying this lime bubbly. She goes, "The that was a very, very loud swallow. So apparently I swallowed a <laughs> is, is it
0: more of a woman thing? I don't know. I don't know. I because chewing... Alone. like.
2: My mom told me this growing up too, and now Madeline has affirmed it. Apparently, it's like a washing machine when I'm chewing. It's like I just put a load of laundry in of darks. I'm like, I, I can't help it. That's the way I chew. But apparently, it's like, are we in a laundromat right now? Can we turn oh the volume gosh.
0: down? Oh, that's So I- I'm definitely the one that annoys the other person. Gosh. I- but the problem is, like, I don't know. I- There's no way to change it other than I oh, just have yeah. to leave the room. To be miserable. Yeah. I want to chew how I want to chew. Well, I'm, I also like to savor my food, so I'm 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 really chewing. I, Yo, every
1: bite, every bite counts. So, <laughs> well, for me in particular, my wife does it at the in that the most inopportune time when I'm I'm wound down, ready for bed, I'm almost there, and then you hear crunch, crunch, and now I'm up for the next two hours. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: I, well, I don't want to go. I'm not. I have no interest in going into your bedroom. But it sounds like she's snacking before bed.
1: So yeah, that, that's what she does. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's a tough. That's a tough one. That could be annoying. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's fair. <laughs> so so we're gonna we'll we're gonna move on we'll from that. And there. we got we're gonna, it, we're gonna leave it there. But that that's a tough. I, I, I hate that for
1: you. That's a tough situation. <laughs> We're going to leave that right there. We got one more tap drill, though. Today <laughs> is the anniversary of one of the favorite sports rants of all time. We're talking about practice. Or was that maybe last Allen week. Iverson? Maybe last week it was? Yeah. Alan Iverson's, uh, what was it, like a three minute, four minute tirade? We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. So, boys, what is your favorite sports rant of all time? Gosh, what a great, great
0: question! So I think of the the most common ones. It's Herm Edwards. You play to win the game because I, I think it's true. I love it. And I love Herm Edwards, former guest on the show. So I think that's my go to one. I will say the one that annoys me more than anyone uh, of all the others is the, the the Jim Mora playoffs. I don't like that. <laughs> quote. Annoying. Like most. I mean, like you're always talking about playoffs. It, it's a playoffs, playoffs, <laughs> ah, playoffs. Stop, get it out of here. I don't want it anymore.
2: So I've got two. And the last one, I'll um, need your feedback on it, Bryce. The first one is Mike Gundy's rant on, Come I'm a man. Me, I'm, I'm 40. I'm 40. <laughs> I love Take that uh, <laughs> right about me, which I totally last agree one. with his point he's making. Like, stop trying to destroy my players who are 19 years old in the paper trying to say they can't do their job i'm a man i'm 40 awesome rant now i don't know if the second one classifies as a rant but i thought of it and it's when jim rome kept calling that other guy a girl or a I, oh I, well, no i we'll got have to you remind me the it. details but i, I read you. an article that considered it a rant hmm. so do you consider it a rant slash we've talked about it and it is. I thought it was a bit I
0: asked you I was like wait was this a bit or was this real no that's who Jim Rome is oh G- Jim Rome That was that was so long ago, it was early 90s Jim Everett was the quarterback for the Rams and Jim thought he was soft and so he called him Chris Everett which I, don't, I forget what sport Chris Everett do you remember Henry what sport was Chris Everett from tennis he was like a gymnast oh tennis tennis So he was calling Jim Everett, Chris. So he did this on the radio. Well, then he brings Jim Everett onto his show in person and Jim goes, uh, welcome on Jim Everett. No, no, no. Check that Chris Everett. (laughs) And then Chris goes, call me, call me Chris one more time. And Jim goes, all right, Chris. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here, Chris. And then Chris sends the flips the table. He flips the table, or Jim, Jim. Jim flips the table. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Jim Everett flips the table, and they go after. They, they, they have a little scuffle. I mean, I legendary. saw that, and I was like, "Was this an SNL bit, or what's going on?"
2: The oh, way you deal. say it, though, it's almost like the the precursor to that elf scene. Call me an elf.
0: One more time. That's exactly right. (laughs) Call (laughs) me an elf one more time. You're an angry elf. (laughs) Great connection. connection. I've never thought of that. That's tremendous. It's the exact same.
1: Tremendous. Tremendous, Luke. Well, we're definitely going to end on my favorite (laughs) one. God rest his soul. Denny Green, we are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. And we let him off the hook. And I'm going to let you guys off the hook of Tap Drill.
0: Perfect, great job, Henry. Yeah, that's I like that one too. I'm, I'm still in. I'm still in on that that uh, rant. Do you guys remember the one? There's like a minor league baseball team, and the guy, "We're dogs. We're dogs." Remember that one? Go <laughs> we'll look that one up. I forget. How it was, Coastal Carolina, or so, is that what? It was? Coastal I, I think Carolina. West Coastal Carolina. Yeah, Coastal Carolina. We're dogs. We're dogs. That one's that <laughs> one's pretty epic too. So there you go. There's a uh, tap drill today. Good job, Henry. Luke, great show. Thanks everybody listening. Uh, thanks to our new intern, Landon. He helped in, in, on today's show as well. Thanks everybody listening, all the feedback on the chat. We appreciate you guys, and thanks to everybody that reaches out later. I appreciate your emails and texts and love hearing from our listeners. So you can always email me, Bryce at UnpackingIt.com, Bryce at UnpackingIt.com. Well, coming up this week, we've got a couple more interviews uh, that we'll keep releasing. We try to release two a week, uh, so be, a look, be on the lookout for those. Uh, last week, we had Rocky Seto, incredible interview with him, former Seattle Seahawk uh, coach under Pete Carroll, left to become a pastor, uh, really inspiring. So I encourage you to check that one out. And then uh, also, if you haven't subscribed to the weekday email devotional, uh, you can do that on unpackingit.com. Well, for all the guys here, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith. I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast.
1: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.